Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Capita. Capita's software solution seeks to automate the equity management process for startups, including workflows around cap tables, ESOPs, due diligence, and transactions. Sign up at capita.com to get started with your digital cap table, ESOP, award granting, and all things equity. Free for companies with under 25 stakeholders. Also powered by Limitless Connect. Limitless Connect can provide digital CX solutions. The teams of Limitless Connect have years of CX experience, which equip them as the driving contact centers in the future. Sign up for a free consultation with Limitless Connect at www.limitlesscx.com. With Limitless Connect by your side, anything is possible. Also powered by Pod Machine, the simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. And I get a lot of feedback from people that we help keep them sane <laughs> and uh, at least take care of their mental health <laughs> when they were locked up in their homes for months. A lot of people telling me that and our team is actually, I think, our biggest achievement. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beityong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. We finally got the guy I've been wanting to get this guy and have drinks because uh, this, this is my former life in my first startup in guestless.ph party file. But again, big fan of what you do. And again, shout out to your wife, Saldi. Of course, you're red right now. <laughs> But before I get carried away, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Miguel Guerrero. Oh, 
Thank you, Ron, and the Hustle Share team. Yeah, finally. Yes. I'm well, here. Yes, and again, we're going to have drinks. But we have water for now. Is it your turn? <laughs> Too early. We're recording this at 2 yep. p.m. <laughs> Too early for concoctions. But again, bro, thanks so much for finally being here. Big fan of what you guys do. Especially during the pandemic, a lot of people were dry. But you got them really amped up and got, got, got by. But again, prior to even the pandemic, big fan already what you guys do. But before I get carried away from them, I need to ask you the million-dollar question. Migs, what's your hustle? Well, uh, by title, technically, I run Boozy, okay. right? The day-to-day. But of course, our mission is to provide everyone, not the Filipinos, with the breast drinks experience. Absolutely. Right? So anything that goes in between there, that's mm-hmm. what I hustle every day. So yep. from... Of course, selling to our customers, to ensuring that the deliveries go on time, to wow. ensuring that the website, the app, everything's bug-free, wow. everything that technically smooth transaction, to mm-hmm. helping our brand partners no, bring to life their brands online, mm-hmm. right? And that whole experience uh, between the between the brands and the customers. So yep. I guess, I mean, that's my hustle now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the future, I guess my hustle will be finding solutions to problems of how uh, to make basically Filipinos enjoy more. Absolutely. Their celebrations. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's also other problems to that. So maybe that's going to be what I'll be hustling on in the future. That's amazing. And again, that's what we're here for. Because again, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you're going to be, you're living in a cave if you don't know what boozy is. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) You guys are number one. Again, Mm -hmm. mad respect Mm -hmm. for that. But before we even dissect how you guys are doing the day-to-day, what goes on behind the scenes because again for us we only get to see the end part we have nice cold drinks to enjoy every <laughs> night but we want to understand how you guys are able to get that done before, before I get carried away I need you to buckle up man because we for have sure. something technological in this podcast <laughs> alright because we're gonna have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine there you go this is the Boozy Delivery Riders Intergalactic <laughs> Division <laughs> All right, so again, we we go all the way back because before anything happens, we want to dissect how you were born because nobody's, there's no such thing as a born entrepreneur. We all were forged by pressure and fire at the same time. But bro, I want to understand again, uh, I'm looking at your LinkedIn and obviously it says here that uh, your first stint was a trainee in Shell. But before we get to that, what was it like growing up? What was the exposure to entrepreneurship? Is it something that you even thought of growing up that you'd end up going down this path or were there early hustles that showed flashes of you doing that? Yeah, to be honest on that, on the entrepreneurship angle, uh-huh. actually my upbringing was rather different. Okay. I mean, I was always a studious guy. Wow. Right? And then my parents were sort of like always been in the corporate world. Okay. Right? So I always thought up, I'll also end up in the corporate world okay. uh, as well. Right? I kept, tried to keep really good Good grades, grades as, you, mm-hmm. as, you would, as you would speak. Mm-hmm. I went to La Salle, uh, right. did engineering. When I was in La Salle, yeah, I, that's where I also enjoyed my college life. And okay, got a, when you say enjoyed, okay, what does enjoying mean? <laughs> because I enjoyed my college life. I partied hard. That's why they call me Party Ronster and yeah. the, 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 the name stuck. But what was enjoyment like? Maybe you could see the same, right? <laughs> so I, 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 was, I was in engineering cla- okay. class and then… Um, in Taft. In Taft, in okay. Taft, right? 
but I spent a lot of a good amount of time in college just being outside of the campus. No, if you know Agno, that the uh, Green Place area, uh-huh. right? I was just there, basically making tambay and making friends <laughs> with yep. everyone. Uh-huh. And so you you're already networking. I mean, back in, in hindsight, a way, before, uh, I thought it was just like oh, I'm just gonna hang out, party. But in reality, the nightlife game, and I'm super mm. super grateful I got to do this. Yeah, dude, there's no better place for you to practice networking. Mm-hmm. But in a bar or a club, I yep, you could right? say that yes. Because you, know, you can't be in a freaking corner and just sip on your drinks and be a weirdo, right? You're mm-hmm. gonna eventually do that, especially in college. If you master that skill, that will come pay its dividends down the road. Because we know how to enter a room and kind of kill it. What were the things that you were doing, and and if the thing that you were saying that you really wanted to be studious and of course nightlife's gonna call man of course <laughs> <laughs> well, what was that dynamic like because before I mean till now I, I didn't really do well in school did very well enough for me to pass mm-hmm. but I'm not a a, a straight A student no mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but I I developed skills to pay the bills eventually mm-hmm. what was that like for you well back in so again going going back to college uh-huh. I mean fortunately I'm sort of like a numbers guy so mm. I did kind of like did well on like exams and nice. all that, and so that sort of like afforded me time to spend time uh, socially, you know, and like as you mentioned, you know, build my network, meet yeah. new people, meet friends, mm-hmm. right? I would uh, just stay in green place, and actually, my hustle back then, and uh-huh. I don't even know if it's like a good thing to preach, but actually, I was playing cards, no, I was Ooh. playing your your tong it, and then oh. eventually, <laughs> eventually became poker when the, wow. there was a poker boom uh, before the twenty tens. So I was sort of like making a bit of money on the yep. side. <laughs> because there's several that. guys, again, around this, I think we're in the same age mm. range. Like the Trike tri- Gutierrez is, uh, mm. of the world. They're, they're, they're mm. the Tambais and the Mineskis of the world, right? Mm. That's where they wow. did it. But of course, we have our own. I think we're kind of in the same group. <laughs> I'm UST. Uh, all right. So far, far, so far farther. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But dude, when this was happening, all right, what were you doing in the poker game and the card game? And how did that become a hustle? Well, technically, I mean, g- given that uh, I'm sort of like a, a numbers person, okay. right? So I would I would outplay people and tongits uh, wow. and poker back then. Nice. So I got a bit of money, but which I use also to go out. No, I mean, <laughs> where <laughs> meet more, 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 more people. Probably there was a. I mean, back, no, uh, I think back back then it was temple? still yeah, yeah, yeah temple uh-huh. or. I was thinking way back in Libis, but that was like, oh, or, or, or was that Sibyl? Or I was, was like, I was like high school back then, no? Basement. But maybe, but maybe college. It was more embassy or temple mm. already. Yeah, you're wow. right. All right, that's amazing. Again, we all we all were fortunate. <laughs> we were carbon dating ourselves. <laughs> yeah, because none of those exist anymore. Yeah, right? it, it feels uh, weird. But okay, after this, what did you learn about yourself? That okay, you knew that you were good in numbers, mm-hmm. and you knew how. To play the numbers game to make it in your favor. Mm-hmm. But what were you developing during this time of your life that I guess were were a precursor to what you ended up doing down the road? Yeah, to be honest, back then I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. All I know was I'm good at numbers and I love mm. to meet people. Nice. Right? So mm-hmm. after college, I I had my first few jobs. Mm-hmm. Actually, all of my first few jobs were in doing supply chain. Mm-hmm. So I did supply chain for Del Monte, Monte and right. then Avon. Mm-hmm. And then finally Diageo. No? So right. basically, I was the one planning for uh, how much stocks we need. Wow! Right, for all of those different companies. Okay, can you describe and, that hustle? Because I, I, I have, I, yeah. I, I haven't had that that much people who 
can because mm-hmm. technically there's a lot of this forecasting yep supply exactly. and demand and how yep. you're going to be able to again make sure that there's always your product somewhere yep. you don't mm-hmm. never run out right yep. and because mm-hmm. good luck with your sales your, mm-hmm. your sales will plummet if you don't make, do your due diligence to make that happen walk me through that grind and at the same time while you were there because again you you stayed again in Diageo mm-hmm. shout out to Diageo mm-hmm. okay um <laughs> eventually what was that skill set like what was the day to day grind and what did you even develop further with we are what you already had as a base skill set at that point mm-hmm. so it's more about understanding uh, routines no okay. i mean and ensuring that processes are in place okay now cuz essentially demand and supply planning it's sort of like mixed art and science no mm. so the dem- when you plan for demand you mentioned forecasting yeah right when you do forecasting it's not really an exact science no you, you need to have sort of like a good sense of what's gonna come like months or years down the road yep. right you want to understand trends you want to understand what activities will come and that's sort of like art right okay. and then when you transfer that to the supply chain side of things mm. that's more science right because you know the lead time of like how long our product gets to be manufactured Correct. how long uh, it's it gets to be shipped no mm-hmm. how long it gets to be stocked in your uh, retailers no? and all of that so sort of like more uh, of an exact calculation so you marry those two and that's what sort of like makes a really good supply chain for the company got it while you were doing this were you still going out because again how mm-hmm. did that dynamic is it's different mm-hmm. when you're a college party animal <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're, you're a professional party animal mm-hmm. the stress is different because mm-hmm. now the drinks taste just so much better mm-hmm. but also you have a little bit more wherewithal to to buy mm-hmm. okay, before you're you're a San Miguel type of guy <laughs> <laughs> now you can buy a probably this McAllen or two, mm-hmm. right? How did that diversify? Because obviously this became your startup down the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you develop through this time? Because again, shout out to the late Steven Gu. There's no better way for you to freaking network but in a club. Because it's like the equivalent of a golf course. Mm-hmm. The deals get done there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's no no deals get done in a conference room. Mm-hmm. Rarely. But if you get to get to win people over in the club, give them the best fucking night of their life, mm-hmm. ball game, easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was that like for you? How did you develop that dynamic of having that nightlife and still thriving in your corporate life and do well? Actually, in my first few uh, years in my career, I was more into the career, I mean, the the work, yeah. not the corporate life. No, mm-hmm. Nightlife was there as a background, okay. right? On weekends, yep. right? But, I would consider myself more of an outsider that time, right? Mm. I mean, I didn't really know much people yet. Yep. But of course, I mean, the allure of the nightlife was there, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yep. you try to, I mean, you try to go to places right. uh, every weekend, right? And then meet new people. But I think doing things really took off when I sort of like got into the agile, no? Which mm. is, I'm... Because uh, it's part of it, eh? It's work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, actually. So when I got into... Actually, before I got into Diageo, I was also doing masters no, back then. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to, of course, no, to further enhance no, my, my skills and uh, abilities. I mean, while trying to understand or trying to find what I'm eventually going to yeah. do or be passionate about. Right. But then when I got to Diageo, which is sort of like a lucky break. Right? Yeah. So that's when I started to meet people, mm-hmm. actually. See, that's also how I met my wife. Nice. Shout out, Pam. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's when I sort of like, felt to be in the sort of like company of my dreams right yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I felt to be in, in the right place when I got to be in uh, in that company and, the then, and, and mm-hmm. liquor man 
I've seen lifers here. And when we say, when did mm-hmm. they say again? Moet Hennessy, Tiago, forgot the name of the company, but Bacardi, but yeah. Bacardi Martini. Yeah, Bacardi Martini. Uh, Perno Ricard, yeah. Perno Ricard, right? Mm-hmm. They stay for a long time because it's a really good career, right? I mean, and you get to get first dibs and the, mm-hmm. the the nice drinks as well. Mm-hmm. But I want to understand several things. On when you were in Diageo, mm-hmm. just describe what's the objective of a Diageo because you carry multiple brands. And if you're not aware, Migs will tell you later <laughs> what what drinks are under the Diageo brand. And again, this is a highly competitive market, and I've seen. This happened in the flesh where you literally lock out other competitor brands in other venues mm-hmm. to make sure that you thrive, yep. right? It's exactly. cutthroat and, exactly. dude, you got to <laughs> have a good network to make that work. Mm-hmm. couple things I want to know. What were the brands that you're carrying for those people that didn't even know what the hell Diageo is? If you don't, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> but second is, what was the objective of Diageo considering the competitive landscape that you guys had? All right. And what was your role pala? Also, last one. Yes, okay, okay. So, Diageo is a British multinational company. It's the, or used to be the largest uh, spirits manufacturer. Yet? Now, the largest spirits manufacturer by uh, market capitalization is actually a Moet. Baiju brand in China. Baiju? Yes, Kuei Chao Muay Thai. Wow, okay, uh, I didn't know that, this. That, that, I've been that's retired for a long time. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know okay, that. that's another story. But yeah, uh-huh. going back to Diageo, so... The brands of Diageo, you would know them. So, of course, Johnny Walker, you know, the, uh-huh. the biggest premium uh, whiskey, you know, Scotch yep. whiskey in the Philippines. All the colors that are in yeah. there. Oh, red yeah. label, blue <laughs> label, black label, well, gold label. Yep. Uh, Tanqueray, no? mm-hmm. uh, gin, Billy's. Yes. Guinness, uh, although Guinness uh, beer uh-huh. is not here in the Philippines. You have Captain Morgan. Yep. You have Smirnoff Vodka. Yep. You have uh, Ciroc Vodka. Ciroc. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yep, Kettle One Vodka, and uh, they have a lot of single malt brands actually. Yeah, so I, some of my favorites. I'm, I'm smiling because I remember so many times I got fucked up with any so, some of those <laughs> <laughs> some of those drinks when I was younger. Okay, and what what's the objective okay. of Diageo? Given that again, they have a lot of competition, and this is the exact same thing you're gonna have to master down the road as as Boozy, right? Yep. You gotta box them all out, right? And what was your role there? Yep. So, of course, any drinks company like Diageo, no? I mm-hmm. mean, uh, going into a market like Philippines, of course, they want to have a big brand, no? Prosper in yep. the market. But here in the Philippines, the market is actually dominated by local brands, no? Your Beer. Emperador, mm-hmm. of course, the biggest brandy yep. in the world. Uh, your Tanduay Gin, your, I'm uh, sorry, Tanduay Rum, uh, mm-hmm. your Ginebra Gin, and then your, so your San Miguel Beer, no? Those, so yep. those are the four big stalwarts of the Philippine liquor mm-hmm. industry. Mm. And for companies like Diageo, who sort of like have an international pedigree and yep. really, really good brands, no, they wanted to sort of like get a, a slice of the pie of the market. Of course. And mm. the trend of in liquor in general, I mean worldwide, mm. is that people are premiumizing. No? Mm. So from them drinking uh, lower priced and like sort of like uh, maybe like it's lower quality sp- uh, spirits or uh, alcohol, okay. you know, they, they want to premiumize or upgrade to like uh, better, essentially better drinks. Got it. Right, so some companies would say, I mean, of course, no, they don't want people to drink more, right? Because that's essentially <laughs> against uh, responsible drinking policies. Of course, right? of course. But everyone wants people to drink better, yes. right? So that's also what and uh, responsibly, yeah. exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. So there, I mean, that's uh, essentially in an, uh, what Diageo does in a nutshell, mm-hmm. right? So 
what I did in Diageo. Actually, mm. a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> I started in Diageo in my uh, in my forte as essentially supply chain. Okay. So I, I was still the one uh, basically deciding how much Johnny Walker to okay. bring to the Philippines. <laughs> no, I mean how wow. much stuff depending on the demand. Okay. Right. And also probably creating the demand. No, is is that something that you also had to make sure that you know? Because again. Uh, you, have, you have all the supply. You, know, you mm. need to make sure that the premium places where people would buy them and mm. consume them mm -hmm. had enough stock. Yep, that's right. But although making the actual demand would be a, a latter role for me down the road. Down the road. Okay. So I was also, I mean, during that time, I was also the one to sort of like, that was a time 10 years ago when I started bringing in single malt brands here. Mm. So like wow. the single tons of La Gavolin, right, Talisker, right. I mean, all of those brands started mm -hmm. come here. So... But then my, my my role back then, I was actually my, my office was actually in the province, no? in Laguna. Wow. Right? Because I was sort of like working in the warehouse. Got it. No? Wow. Okay. But working in the warehouse normally, and uh, no offense, but normally you work with like old a bit older people, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> and sort of like being young back then, of course, I wanted to be with the, let's say the cool kids in like <laughs> in, the, in the BGC office, no? in Makati okay. BGC. Yep. So during that time, I was still in supply, but I always joined no, our sales teams, no, going around uh, trade checks in bars, right? Got I it. mean, sort of like work and uh, leisure at the same time, yep. if you can yep. call it, right? And then one time when there was an opening in our marketing department, right, mm. I sort of like expressed my interest. Hey, why, no, uh, why, why don't you just get me for uh, that role, right? Got so it. from being a supply manager, I became a brand manager actually oh. for Johnny Walker. <laughs> Which which one? Johnny Walker, the black label. I mean, the, the core range. So black label, double black. Uh, okay, I think gold label that time. Nice, nice. Yeah. So I did some campaigns for Johnny Walker back then. Uh -huh. Right. And then I sort of like went to various roles also in Diageo. So mm -hmm. my next role after that was doing uh, commercial planning. So basically, mm -hmm. I was the one doing the planning of our activities, both in bars, restaurants, and also nice. in the off-grade. So... Uh -huh. I would know like how much the ad show spends, you know, <laughs> just, with what you mentioned earlier, just right. to block out everyone else yep. <laughs> in the yep. bars, not in all the venues, and you, what you essentially see in the bar menu, in the in, in the in the uh, in the back bar of a bar, are essentially just the ad show products, right? Exactly. So we'll do all of that, and we also do uh, tasting sessions in like your supermarkets or your mm -hmm. SNRs. So a lot of brand building activities. Uh, that we did back then to really uh, make Johnny Walker grow. No? It's sort of like, right now, it's sort of like uh, ubiquitous. Staple. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. My last role in Diageo was actually doing sales and operations planning. Wow. So sort of like ensuring that the operating plan of the different functions, no, from yeah. your from your marketing team to your sales team to your supply chain to your finance, all, all of those mm -hmm. are sort of like in sync. That's amazing. All right, last yeah. question before we take our first yep. break. I want to understand, at this point, again, multiple roles within a big company who yep. are trying to mm -hmm. really get that experience full circle. Mm -hmm. What was the main learnings that you really took out of that Diageo experience? Because again, obviously, eventually mm -hmm. it becomes full circle again because mm -hmm. you're now the one who's going to make them available not just in the you know venues and whatnot. You, you make it basically DTC, direct-to-consumer, mm -hmm. right? What was the main thing that you really understood and developed within that Diageo stint that never left or just yeah. became indelible with you? Yeah, I think that was my experience in terms of uh, really creating demand no, for products. Because mm -hmm. no? my prior experience before that was really just all about supply, ensuring that there's availability of products. But through Diageo, that's when I really learned how to grow a brand, make uh, people try the brand, how mm -hmm. you sort of like, create a memorable and long-lasting uh, 
ads or activations that right. will really make people go back to the brand now. Right. And how do you do that? Because again, a lot of people in the startup community, mm -hmm. right? It's like, yeah, I want to create a startup, hype, 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 blah, blah, blah. But the very first wall hits them and they never get through that, which is creating enough demand, creating enough hype for people to really take action and, and buy. And again, you're coming in at a market where you're not the only player and there's incumbents where the typical titos would buy an, uh cheap ass liquor from the street. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And here you're educating them to go premium mm -hmm. and still amp that up. What mm -hmm. was that like and how did you create that demand? Because a lot of startup founders would definitely learn in, in this exercise for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first of all, if you want to sort of like create demand for a more premium product or make people premiumize, no? yeah. of course, you would need to understand first what people are using now, no? what that product is, yeah. what's your habits, everyone did they buy it, no? what's the price point? Got it. Right? So when you create a new product, of course, the price point that you will have needs to be sort of like still accessible no? to the to the incumbent, mm, right? Maybe sort of like just a 20 or maybe not more than 50% premium, okay. just so it's not so hard for them to Still within up. reach. Still within reach, okay. right? And then of course, you have to ensure you know, that the quality credentials, you know, from the features, the benefits of the product, the packaging, I mean, everything that you communicate, you know, the benefit is even higher than the incremental price that you're giving, you know, just to make it really look worthy you know, for people. Nice. So say if you're pricing it 20% more than the incumbent, I mean, the, the, the benefit needs to be like more than 20%. Got it. Right? right. Okay. So I think that's really just about making the product. But then how do you ensure that that product Correct. really gets traction in the market? Exactly. Right? So I think one thing I've learned as well from Diageo and uh, I remember there was uh, something there about how brands grow. Yep. And there's a book written by Byron Sharp, mm -hmm. if I could recall it correctly. Mm -hmm. no? So to grow brands, you need to have two things. No? Okay. Physical availability and then mental availability. So when you say physical availability, is that everywhere you go, right? I mean, you would see that, that product because it's just it's there. everywhere, right? Okay. So for example, like Coke, right? Mm -hmm. Or your Jollibee. I mean, Yossi, yeah, whatever Yossi, that yes. Mm -hmm. So first of all, you need that the physical reach, right? Mm. And then the other is mental availability, right? It should always be top of mind, ah. right? So that's when uh, that's wow. essentially what you do with your uh, TV commercials, no, with your uh, digital ads, right? I mean, the frequency of just really putting that brand into that's memory of people. That's why you retarget me a lot in Busi. Now I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's right. how it is, yes. He applied it. I'm, I'm thing, my goodness. Regardless of where I go, this freaking ad goes with me. Right? <laughs> so there, I mean, just have a really good, great and awesome product and then ensure you have physical and mental availability. That is amazing. All right, now let's take our first break and when we come back, we will now discuss how he was able to then Push through with his career because he went to Lazada and then how you were able to do Boozy and combine it all. Diageo Lazada all the way to how it became Boozy. But let's talk about that more after the break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still with Mitch Guerrero, who then told us how he was able to develop the super hustle of nightlife again. I came from that industry. I know how the grind is. And I have nothing but respect because it's hard to work hard and party hard. Again, <laughs> for those people that get it done, like the real OGs, uh, shout out to like the Kim Yao's of the world, the Pam Solis of the world, Mauritian those, even Eric and Steven. Dude, they can fucking get hammered <laughs> on one night and show up like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know what True. their livers and kidneys are made of. <laughs> but when when they party hard, they work hard and nothing but utmost respect mm-hmm. for those people who actually make nightlife happen. Because it's a great business, never gets old, right? Mm-hmm. Generations will come and go, but nightlife will always be there. Yep, because of them, we enjoy our weekends, no? and yes. uh, we're sane to go back to work the next <laughs> following week because of what <laughs> <laughs> you do. Correct. And again, you're eventually going to take that to a whole nother level because you take night uh, you know, liquor everywhere. But before we talk about Boozy when you founded it, and I want to understand really how, you, how that came through. After Diageo, you have a quick chocolate stint with Hershey Company, but then you mm-hmm. went to Lazada. Mm-hmm. And I, here's one, one thing that I really like to find out because Lazada pre-acquisition, post-acquisition are totally different things, right? Mm-hmm. So I've had your colleagues before to shout out to my poggy boys of Vogel Ventures, Saul Moya, Andrew Koger, and our investor. Well, all my investor and also the last holdout, Carlos Otaramin, who is now the CEO of Lazada. Hello, guys. Right? Okay. And again, mm-hmm. each and every one of them have been here except Carlos. You're going to be here soon. I'm giving you a shout out. Do make time, but I know you're busy. But yeah, uh, he's going to be here soon. I want to understand what was that process when you joined Lazada? Why, first of all, why did you join Lazada and how did you switch multiple roles? And talk to me also about that transition pre acqui and post because that's a totally different mm-hmm. a paradigm shift when that happened. 
All right. So how I got into Lazada was so you mentioned that I had a short chocolate stint, no? Yep. <laughs> with Hershey's. Although that time I was not really doing well with my with my boss back then. No? So got I, it. okay. Needed to sort of like look for another thing. Got it. Right. Actually that sort of like led the birth of two things, no. Okay. Um, me going to Lazada and then the others boozy, no. But oh, I'll talk this about happened I'll, together at the same time. In a way. In a wow, way, sort of okay. like that. So I'll talk about boozy later, but for now Lazada. Okay. okay. So there, I mean Fortunately, when I was, tra- I was trying to look for other opportunities, no, I mean Lazada was there. It was sort of like it was growing, but not super like a, a, a big giant yet, no. Uh, back in back in 2017, yeah, right. So when I joined Lazada back then, that was sort of like I think the acquisition happened 2016. Yep. So that was sort of like uh, in the in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But when I joined Lazada, it was essentially still a more of a rocket internet yeah, type of company. Very much. Right? right. And you know the culture of rocket internet, you know? <laughs> the <laughs> the no hold barred. barred before, man. So <laughs> cutthroat. Yes, cutthroat, no hold barred, aggressive, right? Yep. It was sort of like a, I don't know if you can call it a sweatshop or not, but yeah. <laughs> right? But it was really intense, yeah. right? Yeah. So back then I was doing brand partnerships. Basically, we, uh, I was part of the team that gave birth to Lasmol. Oh right? my god. So wow. I did FMCG. Okay. I was handling the FMCG category. So I was handling the the big brands, no? Your PNGs, your Unilevers, wow. your L'Oreal's, your JNJs, mm-hmm. no? etc. Then there uh when when I joined, I think we were just a team of almost like five people in wow. essentially what essentially became the Lasmol team. Mm-hmm. Then by the time I left my role, I think almost three, four years after. We were like a team of seventy Holy people shit. And, 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 and with and with thousands of brands already wow. on Lasmol. So, okay, a couple mm-hmm. things I want to understand because yeah. onboarding brands, mm-hmm. again, putting their SKUs on the thing is, is one thing. And again, you're eventually going to have to match the supply with the, with demand. What enabled you to scale that fast? Because again, there are companies like, say, Great Deals who, who make that work. But I want to understand how that whole dynamic works with brands, say, an enabler like Great Deals and how a point of sale Lazada thing comes. Again, I'm just coming in naive. Please stupefy me because I'm an idiot <laughs> and then do thing again I want to understand how th- this whole dynamic works and how that impacts the end user in that journey alright I think when it comes to like onboarding the brands themselves in terms of like the actual sort of like listing the products of the brands and making them available in the website that's easy already because you know, Lazada has essentially the tech infrastructure for it of so course. it's easy to Onboard any brand as long as the brand is willing and the brand is like uh, can readily upload the the products, the the images, the on their own. The, the, yeah, so that's okay. That's easy. What's actually hard to do is the actual day to day operations. Once you've actually oh. opened your online store, right? Because ensuring that uh, first of all your products are fulfilled on time. Now when a customer orders, right. And then uh, doing all of the marketing uh, and uh, commercial activities on the platform, which yeah. sort of like eventually, uh, there's a lot of things basically you can do, no? Yeah. <laughs> on on like a Lazada or a Shopee, right? Mm-mm. So that kind of got complicated, right? And you would need someone with uh, basically the right competencies to be able to run your online store, right? So. Right you will have a lot of things that you need to run it. So for example, yeah. joining campaigns, no, your, right. there's a whole gamut of campaigns no, from your 11, 11, 12, 12s to like your weekly whatever Correct. campaigns. No? Doing flash sales, yep. doing vouchers, doing bundles. Now mm-hmm. I think there's cashback. Yep. There's probably a lot more uh, promos or features that are, are in Lazada now that since the time that I left. No? Right. Also doing marketing solutions, so doing like search or mm. affiliates. No, I mean, all of that uh, Lazada provides. No, And it can get 
complicated if you're a company that's sort of like used to traditional retail mm. or even like modern retail. Like the it's totally different. Eh? It's, right. Yeah, it's, it's totally different. So that's where the e-commerce enablers like great deals come in. No? So ah. they sort of like your, technically they're like your e-commerce department. So you don't need to learn everything from, they want and, they, and you can have everything running. No? Very, very fast. Plug and, and play technically. Right? Plug Here's and my play. excuse. There's an, great deals and well, there, are, there are other competitors. Yes. Then all of a sudden you have an e-commerce yep. machinery that churns all of this already. Correct, correct, correct. But back then it was actually, I would say when I joined uh, 2017, mm. thereabouts, there was still some barrier or friction when you try to onboard brands, right? What were those? Not, so normally some more traditional companies or even the, like, the, the local Filipino the companies. Again yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they will of course be resistant, yeah. right? And it will take some time to woo them in. Yeah. Right. But then as we onboarded more and more big players, right? Mm -hmm. We also tried to play on the on the FOMO aspect of it, right? Yeah. So if we get to onboard, so if, for example, if we're targeting one big player, yeah. right, we can get that in, then we'll target the competitor. And once the competitor ah. is in, they will tell, hey, FOMO them out. Yes. Yeah. FOMO actually uh, works very well. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right. And then, of course, we all know the pandemic happened. And then suddenly, when that happened, the tables got <laughs> turned around. Got it. <laughs> they were the ones now chasing. Uh, like chasing. Yes. That's How could we amazing. be on your platform? Because we can't sell el elsewhere. Yes. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, last question before we talk mm -hmm. about Boozy, right? Mm -hmm. um, when this happened, again, Lazada, again, look, look mm -hmm. at Lazada now, again, mm -hmm. mammoth company yes. who's, who's just weathered tough breaks and over tough breaks has also evolved successfully over time. But how did your skills evolve also as a person? Because at the same time, I'm talking about, all right, you joined Lazada June 2017. Around 2017 also, you co-founded Boozy, mm -hmm. right? So again, we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. You doing two hustles mm -hmm. at the same time, mm -hmm. which we always talk about here in this podcast. But how did you evolve first as a person who worked for Lazada at mm -hmm. this point through the years that you were there? So I guess in Lazada, that's where I learned, uh, I mean, how to work really, really fast in an intense environment and how to scale you know, in, in growth rings. No? Mm -hmm. Technically, Lazada was sort of like the work experience of, from the one to 100. Yep. Right. That's also when I learned to be more of a team player. So actually entering Lazada was more of an individual contributor. Right. I was sort of like assured of my own, <laughs> of my own self, but I really couldn't, at the start of my journey Lazada, I, I couldn't translate that into like effectiveness of uh, yeah. the whole team. So you had to right? relearn so, so, new things. So I had to learn, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. How could I, yeah. Now uh, having more people, how can I sort of like amplify Correct. or multiply my impact, mm -hmm. right? By uh, more than what I can do possibly on my own. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Now again, let's now take drinks okay. <laughs> at this point. So a couple of things I really want to know. All right. What triggered you guys to start creating Boozy? And what was the MVP like when this idea came to life? Okay. So going back to my story earlier, and I was that in that uh, chocolate stint. You right? chocolate guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. I was sort of like also looking for a side hustle, not to do gotcha. back yeah. then. And then, uh, so me, my wife, and then uh, Kim, and then another partner of ours, my childhood friend uh, Jonathan. Mm -hmm. So we were sort of like thinking, okay, well, is there anything that we could do? Because e-commerce was sort of like growing or sort of yep. like becoming noisy, you know, at the time, mm -hmm. right? And coming from my experience back in Diageo, no? I learned uh, there's a company in the US called Drizzly. Oh. So Drizzly is actually the number one liquor e-commerce platform now in the US. Really? Okay. So That's we just amazing. thought, okay, yeah. why don't we 
do something similar here, you know? Because back then, all of the alcohol deliveries were sort of like your alcohol on call, right? Yes. <laughs> hotline, 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 hotline based, right? Yes. So what was our MVP like? So essentially, we just created a website, mm. right? We hired two office staff, two riders. Wow. And bootstrap. Bootstrap and wow. then promote it to friends and family. Mm. And then back then, whenever we receive an order, that was actually the, just the time when we'll buy the product from another liquor store. Wow. So we did not have, we did not have any back end, wow. right? It was just okay. really front end. And actually, I just learned recently that's sort of like the, yeah, the, the right way to do, the no-code way of doing Exactly. <laughs> the no-code no code exactly. way of doing things, right? So fortunately, we, were, we had sort of like a very good graph in our first year back in 2017 mm -hmm. to show to investors. And then 2018, that's when we got an uh, investor to, nice. to go into the business. All right. So a couple of things before we got to get to investors. Not everybody gets to that. What were the initial first hurdles you had to go through? Because again, there's four of you. You had two staff. Mm -hmm. right? But you're also doing Lazada still. Mm -hmm. How did you even manage to, because again, Kim was doing nightlife still at this point, right? Pam was still also doing nightlife. I don't know what, sorry, the, the last part that you also had. Pretty sure had other stuff to do. How did you make sure that all of you guys, despite your other hustles that you had to do, had enough time to make this work? And how did you go through the first walls that you had to hit? Because it's not easy. 2017 is totally different than mm -hmm. what we have now where e-commerce is the lifeblood of this country. Mm -hmm. Back then, dude, that's a novelty. Only a select few can get done. How did you get through those? Actually, I have to take my hats off to Kim. No, Chat essentially, out. she's the Kim, just she's on the show. Now. She's our first. C, she's our okay. first CEO, actually. Uh -huh. So she was the one who really did the dirty work, not to really launch Boozy from the ground up. And then mm -hmm. we were there to to support. Yeah, so I was with Lazada, but I was the one sort of with my liquor knowledge. I was the one sort of like uh, vetting what stocks we should bring in, or like yep. sort of like uh, understanding the checking the prices. I also did background work, but it was really Kim back in 2017 to 2019 who really sort of like pushed Boozy you know, to right. uh, sort of like pushed a really big stone and ensure that it gets enough momentum you know, to, uh, so it, that it rolls you know, uh, or forward. I'm very curious mm -hmm. about demand. Because again, you guys have a cheat code with supply, right? Because of the nightlife game, you can pretty much get any type of stock, whether it's direct from the warehouse or from a liquor store, wherever you're, you're getting it. Demand and infra, because again, fulfillment also is a different challenge back then. The logistics now of delivering things now it's easy because there's so much now that you can you don't even have your own have to have your own fleet. Back then, what was this like, and how did you generate that traction all the way to then getting that first investment? Yeah, so I think back then it was in terms of the delivery. We of course, so we got our own riders now to ensure that we control the quality no, of, of the of the delivery. So that helped us, right, have a great customer experience. And then in terms of getting more people to know about Boosie, so fortunately, one of my other partners, Jonathan, mm -hmm. he's also actually one of the digital marketing pioneers in the Philippines. Wow. So, uh -huh. so we were one of the first to invest in like Facebook, yep. Google ads back then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, high uh, heavily retargeted as a person. <laughs> when uh, not everyone was a master of it yet. So that really allowed us to have, nice. I mean, more people go to the website and mm -hmm. then check. I mean, Essentially, e-commerce, uh, and you might have heard it from other people. No, it's essentially the formula for e-commerce is just traffic times conversion rate times basket size equals sales. Correct. So for you to get sales, you first need to ensure that there's traffic going into your website, which uh, we were able to do because 
a partner is really, really great in digital marketing, mm-hmm. then get them to convert by ensuring that uh, I mean, the navigation the website is great. You have really great products at really great prices, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, basket size is something that you can do and uh, offer bundles and whatnot. So we always try to like stick to that basic simple formula of understanding how we can generate and grow more sales yeah. no, by fixing those variables. Sounds good. All right, let's talk about pandemic. Right? So mm-hmm. there's, there's always a two sides of the story here. Pre-pandemic, okay, fine, it's there, right? And Kim is also still leading it. I want to understand what happened during the pandemic and how important Boozy was to a lot of people, especially in coping with the the thing called the pandemic. How did you even operate during this time? Okay, so the pandemic was sort of like also a transition for us in Boozy because uh, Cloud Eats. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Kim also, of course, gave birth to her Cloud Eats, so very, very successful now. Yep. Right? And then... That time, it was essentially my wife, Pam, who was mm. running Boozy. Okay. But then the pandemic hit, right? And uh, when the pandemic hit, if you could recall, there were a lot of liquor bans uh, yes. by the different LGUs back then. Which didn't make sense, by the way. <laughs> what does the liquor have to do with the COVID? Huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. But then there are two cities who never declared liquor ban. No? Which was? For good effect, Makati and Taguig. Ah. Right? <laughs> Which is the best markets. Yes. That, so you need it. All right. So we had our Makati and Tagig hubs open. Okay. And then the demand for those two hubs actually more than compensated for us closing the other hubs. Because I think that time people knew, okay, you, you want your liquor, you go to Makati and Tagig. Or, uh, so nice. the demand back then actually shot way up. Uh-huh. And actually, could remember that time we actually had to, because of the demand, then uh, we also had limited capacity of people, you know, okay. given that uh, given that people can move around. We actually had to turn off ads no, oh, during no. that time just wow. because of the organic demand coming in. That's amazing. Yeah. But that time, I was actually still with uh, Lazada. No? That was my full-time day job. right? Mm-hmm. But then Boozy needed help. So I sort of like did uh, work on Boozy at, on the evenings. Wow. Right? So I got more and more uh, involved in Boozy as the pandemic mm-hmm. wore on. Got it. Until I eventually formally joined Boozy up around August 2021. Wow. That's so it was, was almost a year and a half of just sort of like double hatting. Right. <laughs> of course, balancing my day job in Lazada and then uh, Boozy. What was the, the main event. trigger? Because the reason why I want to ask this is a lot of people are afraid to cross that chasm where, okay, I have a side hustle. It's doing well, but I'll do two words because you never know I have a sure thing at least. There's the, the comfort of a day job that they have where you hear as now, all right, fuck it, I'll, I'll go all in, Right. What was the main triggers that you had to consider for that to work? Because some people just never find that courage to make that jump. But I understand how you guys did it and what was the trigger for you? It was not an easy thing, actually, because at that point, I was already four years in Lazada. So I sort yeah. of like knew already how to, mm-hmm. to be in Lazada. Right. More or less sort of like a comfortable place for me to be in already. Yep. And now all of a sudden, there's this other opportunity Right, that sort of like needed me at that time. Yep. So it was more of a calling actually. Because wow. at that time, the business was growing, but mm-hmm. uh, there needed to be more hands into it. Right. Okay. And of course, I mean, who else will, <laughs> who else will care about the company? But of, of course, course, other than the founders, founders themselves. And correct. I was the one who sort of like naturally was uh, piecing that role because my background is uh, e-commerce and liquor, right? So (laughs) it's sort of like a no-brainer for uh, uh, which one will eventually uh, assume the reins. So what was scary for me back then actually was, okay, I mean, I'm going to leave the comforts of Lazada for this new thing that maybe uh, could be a hit or miss. It could be a risk, right? I actually 
had uh, anxiety back then yeah. deciding over it. So it's not easy. I mean, to everyone who's listening, it's not, it's not easy. I advise you consult with your family, with your friends. It's not an easy decision, mm-hmm. right? But I guess if you have a calling, if you feel that you're needed somewhere and you could give uh, much value to wherever that place is, then yeah, make the jump. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, things are not the dead end, right? I mean, Correct. you can always reverse your decision or find another yeah. thing. Yep. But again, that experience makes you even way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Again, worst case you fail, you're now a former founder that can be a contributor to another company or again, try again. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But again, you're, you're doing well. But I want to understand, again, pandemic, things shot up. You can't do that on your own. How did you build the team that allowed you guys to do it? Because again, pandemic, several things also happened. Logistics just became way, way better. By necessity, because <laughs> you can't really move around, right? But you also need to beef up the team that's surrounded to make this work. And also, the product needed to improve. How did you fill those things at the back? Yeah, I mean, thinking about it now, our team compared to our team before the pandemic, I mean, we have a lot more people now. Because uh, to your point, no, I mean, the demand came in, so they needed to upscale no, the people, yep. right? I guess also, in a way, the pandemic helped because us being glued to our to our laptops at home all of a sudden now you can like do interviews back to back like you can yep. really so sourcing people kind of like uh became easier because now you can do uh interviews all of a sudden you Correct. can do you can meet a lot of or, or go through a lot of people a lot of profiles uh, also linkedin uh helped very much nice right searching for uh, potential candidates mm-hmm. and there I mean fortunately we were able to find the really good people in the team that they're still here now with us no uh, helping us uh with the uh, hopefully sort of like the next chapter nice. or the next phase of boozy you know yeah. the post pandemic <laughs> era of, of boozy so yep. of course we're also still continually growing the team well, we have a lot we, we have some openings as well so if there's anyone who wants to be in the where do they apply of liquor uh-huh. <laughs> where do they apply of course you can, you can find us on LinkedIn or we also have our uh, in our website now there's a careers page there, oh, so there. please do mm-hmm. sure just Come don't on. drink the liquor okay? <laughs> there you go that's for the customer but I, I want to understand a couple more things before we take our last break in Boozy, boozy. right product wise because e-commerce again it's it's pretty straightforward now. If you do it online, there's a lot of Shopify apps that you can do. But how did you develop the product? Because more than just the website, you also have an app, right? And that's not easy to maintain if you're around, you're you're coming in as a novice, right? How did you build the product to meet up with the demand to make sure that you know it reflects how much supply you guys have and it's on point, especially in the delivery side of this uh, of the game. All right. On that aspect, I'm not actually the tech guy. So mm-hmm. I'll give credit on that to my partner, Jonathan. There yeah, you go. Shout out, Jonathan. Yes. All right. uh, he's actually in another country now. Right. <laughs> so he was the one who really built our tech game from the ground up, for our website, our app, our digital marketing, right? We were also fortunate enough to find a really good lead developer. Nice. His name is Francis. So with them, we were able to build the infrastructure wow. that we needed. Actually, I'm also still learning in this game uh, mm-hmm. in terms of like the the dev team because we sort of like took time for us to find the right team or find the right it's roles. Not easy, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not coming from a tech background, right? So I'm also still, as I mentioned, uh, learning and discovering. Yeah. Okay, what what role should we should we fill in? Uh, yeah. How many people should we be in the dev team? What should be the right way to ways of working? How many meetings should we do? So like all of those uh, just came to me, I guess, like in the last year or so. Nice. 
but then I, I guess you need to have good partners like yes, Jonathan to, to, to run that, that for those things. Right? Yes. Last Agreed. question before we take our last break. Upside, right? Mm -hmm. Just looking at underneath the skirt. Uh, really bad analogy there, but mm -hmm. under the hood, underneath mm -hmm. the skirt. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> under the hood. Okay, what was, how does that work? So from a, when a customer orders, like, all right, I want a, a Hennessy tonight. I feel like I want a Hennessy tonight. How does that work from that order all the way to delivery at the back of Boozy? And how do you make that work? Because I'm pretty sure you're no longer just going to the ne next liquor store <laughs> <laughs> to get that work. But what's that dynamic and how fast do you turn this out? Yeah, so fortunately now we have multiple hubs in uh, Metro Manila. No? Okay. So that we can cater a fast delivery, right? Yes. Within 60 to 90 minutes. So when we receive an order, that order gets thrown to the nearest hub location. Okay. Right, and then of course, uh, once they have it, you know, a picker will now go through look for the bottle in our hubs. You no, know, we carry about two thousand five hundred. What liquor? So you actually, you want to visit? It's like a liquor wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> You'll Someday find we will go there. Yes, right. mm. and then uh, that picker uh, dispatches it to a rider. You no, know, that uh, okay. delivers it now from our hub to the address. You no, know. hopefully, wow. with, I mean. Should be within most cases sixty to ninety minutes. Absolutely, because dude, if people want that drink, there's a purpose to why they want that drink. Imagine yeah. if they were trying to get to that level of like you know fun, and then the drink never came. Oh my god. Yep, right. yep. Actually, we're even offering more products. So right now we have two thousand five hundred products in our hubs, but then outside of that, we also have products that could be not in our hubs, but you can order, and then we'll deliver them in like three to five days. Nice for the suppliers. That's amazing. Yep. All, right. All right, last, sorry, I'll just add one last question. What was the biggest triumph, I guess, that the pandemic gave you guys? Because again, of course, there's demand and all that. But if you just wrap this up, what did the pandemic give Boozy as a gift or as a curse? What was that like? I think what you mentioned earlier, you know, that Boozy was really, really helpful yeah. to everyone in the pandemic. And I get a lot of feedback from people. Yeah that we help keep them sane yes, <laughs> and uh, at least take care of their mental health <laughs> during, when they were locked up in their homes for a month. Yep. And a lot of people telling me that and our team is actually, I think, our biggest achievement. Yeah, there you go. Boozy and podcast, the perfect combo right there, you know, because again, be weird. If, if you're locked up, man, you're just you and your thoughts, you needed that escape. And again, very, very perfect combo, all right? Let's take our last break and when we come back, let's open this up to our hustle share premium subscribers who are actually here today and again pay it forward and dissect everything that we're doing but again let's talk about that more after the break hey hustlers it's time to talk business once again and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors Sprout Solutions and again just like what I said at the start of the episode you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees and this bundle is your key to freedom including payroll outsourcing to experts a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software and government compliance services Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game 
And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with GCash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back with Rick. We are still Migs again. Told us uh, that now he is now running Lazada. Uh, ay, Lazada. No, sorry. That's Real Limarong. My bad. And then Carlos. My bad. It's Boozy uh, full time. But I want to understand, bro, as a leader, what did you have to change? Uh, since now, again, you're, you've learned how to become a good performer, to become a good team player. But now the buck stops with you. You're the guy. Who again? You're running the number one liquor uh, on-demand company in the country, 
And that's not an easy task. How did you evolve as a leader over time? Hmm. Uh, that's so actually a, 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 a tough question to answer. Sorry, I'm not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do no, you no, need no. a drink? No, no, no. no. Oh, go, that's go, go. harder for no. pussy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I might need to order okay. <laughs> for, for us. Okay. Yeah. On, on that, Patronixo. On, Patronixo. <laughs> okay, there you go. Okay. On, on, on that end, uh, I, I wouldn't say I've learned already what needs to be completely learned. I'm also mm. still in the learning phase. Okay. Right? I think as part uh, of any leader right now, you should always be open to learning and self-improvement. Uh, imp yeah. Right? Whenever there's an opportunity to do so and uh, be able to share it with other people. So I guess my my realization now as a leader is uh, I, I don't really work for myself. Okay. Uh, I really work for 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 my team in Boozy, mm -hmm. for the customers that we serve, no, yep. for my my co-founders, for our investors, no. I mean, uh, you're more of a servant actually than yes. li like a figure on the pedestal. <laughs> so yeah. you have to, I think, uh, servant leadership. Yes, yes. I think you have to change the perception that a leader is something that. Uh, you put on a pedestal and everybody needs to please the leader. No, I yeah. think nowadays if you want to motivate uh, a team, especially of like uh, the young ones, no, the yeah. Gen Zs, you know, it's got to be the other way around. How can you help them uh, also with their uh, career, with their, with their dreams in their careers? No? How can you help them have a better life? So uh, I wouldn't say I'm a master of that already. I'm yep. also uh, still learning. learning, but that's as we all are. But uh -huh. that's my, I guess, my realizations currently now, as a leader. As leader again, leaders eat less. But all right, let's now open it up. Uh, let's not open it up. Let's now <laughs> open the floor up because for the first time, again, if you've been listening to the Hustle Share past, technically since the start of the year, we've created this thing called Hustle Share Premium. And for the very first time, one of our Hustle Share Premium members is now here. His name is Gab. Abit, who's joining us, and again, who will now have chance to actually be here in the studio as we're recording, then ask a question to our guest. So, Gab, take it away. First of all, I just want to thank Ron for this uh, opportunity because I've been waiting for the longest time to actually be part of, in one way or another, of this podcast. And yeah, to my question, I think going back to your story, how you've been a numbers guy for the longest time, you described moving, like leaving Lazada and focusing full time on your startup, which is Boozy, you described it being scary. And in the process of, you know, thinking through it, what gave you the conviction that it's going to be worth it? Ooh, that's mm. a nice question. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Gab. Yeah. I agree. Nice question. So I think one thing that I also sort of like possess within me is I, I always want to try and explore things, right? I don't want to have any regrets or leave anything uh, outside of chance. Outside of chance, that. yes. Mm -hmm. With that, I'm sort of like before I even jump or make a decision, no, I sort of like readied myself for any eventuality or any, any outcome, right? Uh, With Doctor Strange, <laughs> <laughs> fourteen thousand, out, fourteen in million a, outcomes. In a way, because uh. there are only things that you can control, right? And as long as you did your best. And to the best of your ability and knowledge yeah. in the things that you can control and no matter what the outcome is, mm -hmm. then you just accept it, right? And know that things will be better. And anyway, if you succeed, then wow, then you get your flowers. If you don't succeed, then it's a good learning. You move on and actually you're a better person because you did it, right? I mean, it's always easier said than done, of course. Yep. Once you go through it, it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions, mm -hmm. right? But that's the only way to, I guess, to improve yourself and become a better person. No? That's good. Jab, you have more? One more. Okay, go. go. Uh, last question, because 
as Ron mentioned, I'm planning to start my own startup soon. Aside from that, I'm currently managing traditional businesses that I have, like your, your brick and mortar stores. Mm-hmm. And I'm anticipating that it's going to be like really busy for me. So during the time that you were juggling Lazada and Boozy, how was your energy management techniques day to day in order for you not to get burned out or for you not to feel that you're at the brink of giving up? One bottle of Johnny every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, maybe something close to that. Not, not, not exactly one bottle. <laughs> Just right. So I guess first of all, it helps when you are really passionate about what you're working on because mm. it really doesn't feel like work. So mm. in Lazada, I mean, uh, very great company culture. No, yep. You're with really awesome people building like one of the biggest yeah, e-commerce companies. No, So no matter how big the challenges are, how many tasks there are, I mean, as long as you're with an awesome group of people, then that will push you through, right? Mm. With regards to Boozy, that's also my passion. I mean, to what Ron mentioned earlier, no? I mean, we're lifers. You, we're, we're lifers, no? In the, <laughs> in the industry, right? Yep, yep. So, essentially, sort of like my, in a way, no? my, my hobby, no? Sort of like if others watch Netflix at night, I work on Boozy at night. So, yep. so first of all, yeah, you need to have passion and really uh, interest for what you're working on. Mm-hmm. The others, yeah, uh, to what uh, Ron mentioned, though, how do you get your one bottle of Johnny Walker a day, right? <laughs> Well, it's not, of course, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that, right? That's not uh, really responsible. But how I did that was to, so we were all locked up at our, in our homes, right? Mm. So I, during that time, I tried to look for as much online tasting classes of like uh, liquor that I could find as much as possible. Nice. So that sort of like also became my, <laughs> my recreation, if you yep. will. And that also made me learn more about the products that I'm selling, right? So which also goes back to the business again, yeah. right? When we were in the pandemic, now we were just locked at home the whole day. So yeah. I was just, I was just really working from, from the yeah. time that I wake up up until I sleep. It's yeah. not sound advice to anyone, Correct. but again, if you if you really like what you're doing, yeah. then go ahead, do it. Now, if you're in, uh, you're doing work or you're mm. doing side hustles, and there's still part of you that doesn't feel fulfilled, mm. like you have another outside hobby that you still want to do, like, I don't know, maybe like biking or mm. others, you still need, really need to find time for that. Yeah. Right? I guess I'm just lucky that my hobby is also my, my business. Right. So like, I'm able to like mix the two together. But, Same. Like yeah. right now, dude, my business in podcasting. So, <laughs> bro, I'm getting high on my own supply, right? <laughs> Which is, again, lucky, lucky for us yes. to do. Not everybody has that luxury. Exactly. But, I'll just add on to that. The way I cope with those types is I really need at least a day where I can just reset. Um, again, it's different for everyone, again, uh, for us. But in terms of energy, what you're um, alluding to was you need that energy as a founder to be consistent and you can't have down days, especially if you're the guy running the ship. Because everybody looks to you not just for the direction, but also how you do it. If you can walk through the office and you're slouching and you have bad body language, everybody's like, holy shit, our founder is like an idiot. Like, what is that like, right? So you need to be aware and be conscious about those things. It depends on you also because everybody has a different energy threshold. But my advice is learn to disconnect. Whatever that hobby is, whether it's through drinking. For me, I bike, right? I have learned how to exercise. And again, you're going to have to find that on your own, but Energy cannot be sustained at a high level if you're going to do it seven days a week. You need to find a way to balance it out, disconnect 
So you can also be in your thoughts. And when your thoughts are there, then eventually when you have that rest or that Sabbath, whatever you call it, if you are religious, then you become a better person because you get to introspect and really plow through. We good? Yeah. Again, thank you so much for joining. And thank I hope you, you guys, if you guys want to be part of the next Hustle Share recording, please go to premium.hustleshare.com. I am not lying. Okay. So if you want to be part, you get an access. First dibs over who we're going to have on the show. This is the exact same thing. Again, that's few questions, bro, before we wrap it up. In hindsight, what do you think are the best moves you've done in your career that allowed you to get there? Because again, at the end of the day, we also fuck it up, right? But there are things that I think allow us that we say right place at the right time. Just good move that allow us to progress. Hindsight in your career that allowed you to then be in this position where you are in Boozy. What were those decisions or moves that, you know, hindsight being 2020, allowed you to get here despite the shortcomings? Mm-hmm. I guess you could call uh, my moves in terms of like, being able to find my previous companies, no? Yeah. I mean, moving to Diageo, moving mm. to Lazada. I mean, because of those companies, mm. I found my startup na, my work, my Your wife. wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the best clothes you've done. Yes. There but I go. guess those are also lucky things. I mean, you're, you're not really in complete control of that, no? But Correct. I guess what the trait that I was uh, lucky enough to, or sort of like put me in the position no, to be in that lucky spot was Whenever there's something new I want to try out, I mean, I just put myself into it, no? Yeah. Whatever the outcome is, have no regrets, no? Yeah. I mean, in my career, actually, whenever I found a new job or a new role, mm. whenever I got a new role, it, uh, I did not have any prior experience for that role. Wow. Right? You so, came in like raw, like blank. Yes, yes. Wow. So from supply chain, I became a brand manager. Mm-hmm. Then from brand manager, I did the sales role, no? Yeah. In Hershey's. Then I went to e-commerce. I mean, I don't. I didn't have prior knowledge in e-commerce. Yeah. And I became Boozy CEO without, yep, yep. without any prior general GM or president mm. experience. Or yeah. So I always sort of like throw myself into these challenges. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you can call it winging it or learning while on the job. But uh, you eventually figure it out. Eventually figure it out. Yes. And That's then amazing. I think that the thirst for learning. Yes. Right. I spend. Uh, massive amounts of time right now reading about stuff, no, keeping myself abreast what's happening with the world, what's happening with the tech industry, what's happening with the liquor industry, what's happening with light life, what's happening with I think that yeah. that all really voraciously learning. All yes, these yes. So keep learning and don't be afraid to, to throw yourself out to the world. All right. Last question before we let you go. Again, regardless of how much we're able to learn, we always need advice. Again, from people that we can bounce things off of. But for you, what's the best advice or sets of advice you've gotten through this journey so far that you guys have gone through? Especially, again, during that pivotal moment where you said uh, you weren't sure if you're going to make that jump from Lazada to Boozy and you, you confided into friends. And What's the best advice that you got to make it to this point? Hmm. Sorry. I can't recall something uh, like uh, an advice. Sure, no problem. But I, again, I can't recall a line, but yeah. I think in terms of the best thing I receive, I mean when jumping to something new is okay. sort of like the emotional security of the people around you. So of course my wife, my friends, just them reassuring me that okay, everything's no, going to be okay. No matter what happens, yeah, we're here for you, we're proud of you. That's great. right. And that sort of like gives me the courage no, and confidence yeah. not to do whatever is needed. And amp that up with Johnny Walker, then that's what <laughs> <laughs> You're really going to feel like, oh, I can do this shit. <laughs> right, that's amazing again. Thank you 
very much. Makes for such an amazing, amazing episode. But yeah. before I let you go, of course, this is we're not gonna wrap this baby up. You're gonna have to invite people over. What's next for Boozy? And if they wanna work with you and order some drinks, where do they go and how do they do that? Yeah, so thank you, uh, all listeners. Uh, of course, I thank you, Ron, no, for having me here pleasure, on, on Hustle Share, mm -hmm. right? And to everyone, thank you for supporting Boozy. Of course, uh, we're here to ensure you have uh, you get your liquor needs fast, uh -huh. right? What's in store for us this year? No, we're planning to do sort of like a mobile bar. No, oh. actually, after this, after this <laughs> podcast, I'm gonna go to a tasting session. Oh shit! Okay, so man. I mean, at least uh, he's sober when yeah. he came here. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, a mobile bar and also providing more gifting uh, nice. options, right? So uh, what what I mentioned earlier, no, doing more solutions to problems within the sort of like the liquor space. Yep. And how you can order from Boozy, of course, just go to www.boozy.ph. Yep. Uh, you can also find our app on the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. So if you have anything, we'd love to make your uh, weekend, your celebrations really fun. So yep. we'd love to serve you. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can just message me if you have any suggestions. And he replies, by the way. That's yes. <laughs> yep. So... There. I mean, uh, I hope everyone have a real good boozy time. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much, bro. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to with a Spotify, Apple Podcast, or any type of podcast app. And if you did say some jargon or any type of links that he just mentioned, it's going to be in the show notes on hustleshare.com. And also, if you want to be part of this premium experience, just like Gab here, you can go to Hustle Share Premium on Premium. No, Hustle Share? Just. Look it up on the website on hustleshare.com. It's premium on the hustleshare.com so you can get first dibs over who we're going to get on the show and even participate in the recording again. Bro, thank you very much. Thank you, Ron. All right, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.